It's 10.07 on this Monday morning. Uh, in just a second, we'll talk to an Edmonton woman uh, who's got a DUI. She's trying to move forward, but she's having some real issues with it. But, of course, also, trade deadline day. Today, the deadline looming, 1 p.m. our time. Uh, starting at 11 o'clock, we've got exclusive and extensive coverage right here on 6.30 Chad quarterbacked by our very own Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports. And, Reed, a quick update for us. Well, not trades, but there are two new Oilers to tell you about. Off waivers, they have claimed right-winger Adam Cracknell from the Vancouver Canucks and defenseman Adam Party, who was placed on waivers by the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, obviously, the Oilers with injuries on non-defense, and now Pouliot out last night. So both guys unrestricted free agents. Right. So I guess you could say you know a chance for them to audition for the Oilers or perhaps all the other teams around the league sure. to get a new contract this summer. Parties return to Alberta. Yeah, helps the Oilers a little bit with uh, depth down the stretch, and uh, I mean neither guy's making a ton of money, so. You know, you just, relatively uh, speaking. Uh, relatively speaking. All right, pal. NHL terms. We'll talk to you again in about an hour. Thank you. Or before, if something happens between now and then. On the text line to 630-630, a listener here says, uh, you might be a little dense if you didn't notice that Justin Trudeau is all about reversing what the Conservatives did. Uh, not a brain in his head, only curls on top. Stephen says, Trump's uh, not putting any policies forward, but Trudeau did. He put his ideas forward and people still voted for him. Canadians should be ashamed Whereas Americans have an excuse that they didn't know what Trump was going to do. Well, there's a lot of time between now and November down in the States. Layton says, why should we allow people who are only here to cause us harm uh, even to be here or to see the light of day? He says, Canadian citizenship to, to a mass murderer or someone who attempted mass murder? He says, well, I'm sure Darwin fits here somewhere. Jocular says Trudeau is not showing that he has no dents. The only thing he has is opposition to Stephen Harper. He says, uh, as far as the Liberals, you know, they don't have anything. They never do anything significant on their own. But if they do the opposite of what Stephen Harper did, then they can appease the Liberal voter. And Ryan in Pinocchio says, uh, Jesperson, Trump is saying things that are true that you left-wing nuts are afraid to hear. He says, I like it. And what we have going on here will result in the same. People are growing tired of the politically correct media. And we want to hear the truth. Not some left-wing lobbyist rhetoric. Not from Ryan from Pinocchio. Apparently I can beat up Justin Trudeau for 20 minutes on the air and still qualify as a left-wing nut. Ryan, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. No, I really do. Did you know that in January of this year, just about a, a month ago, a month and a bit ago as of tomorrow, the Alberta government partnered with an American company known as Smart Start. Well, Smart Start Canada is now a subsidiary of this company out of Grapevine, Texas. You know what they are. They, they, they make these, these devices. You, you've got to blow into them if you want to start your car. It's, it's an ignition device. They call it a portable alcohol monitoring device. And in the province of Alberta, if you'd like to get back on the road after a DUI... You're going to have to use one of these things. I don't know all the details, which is why I'm grateful that Heather's here to speak with us this morning. Now, Heather's not her real name, but we've agreed to keep her as anonymous as possible in order that she might tell her story. Heather, thanks for taking the time to speak with us this morning. Hi, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, you know, Just to establish the story here, before we go any further, 
tell me about your DUI. Was it a check stop? Were you pulled over? Were you in an accident? What happened? Uh, yeah, it was. It was an, uh, a pulled over uh, um, uh, after a bar. Okay, and this was your first yeah, yeah. DUI. Yes, it is. Okay, when was that? Uh, March of last year. So what's involved? Once someone's arrested for, for driving under the influence, Heather, bring us up to speed on ex- on exactly what you've gone through through the courts and the process and how it all worked out. Um, well, I mean, I was uh, arrested, and then the policeman agreed to drive me home, and my vehicle was towed for a period of time that I had to pay exorbitant uh, fees to get it out. Went to court, um, paid a lawyer, uh, X amount of dollars, a lot, a lot of money, um, because I didn't feel as though it was um, fair to be arrested. Um, anyway, at the end of the day, I was convicted. I'm prepared to move forward with um, the result. And now uh, I'm involved with something that um, is completely unorganized, difficult to get a hold of these people with. Um, I just had the installation of the interlock on Monday, last Monday. I drove five kilometers with it installed in my vehicle, and it wouldn't recognize the blow and hum. You, they want you to blow and hum for about six seconds, which is a fairly lengthy time. Um, you're allowed to blow and hum while you're driving. That's acceptable. Um, but it's not easy. At the end of the day, that after that five kilometers that wouldn't recognize my hum and blow, I had to pull over because the car, um, the horn started going off. Um, I tried to call these people to get a code. Um, it said 17 callers were ahead of me. Okay, so many, more more people than just you are having issues with this, Heather. Just to get up to speed, though, so you, you pleaded not guilty to your DUI. You went to trial and you were convicted, right? That's correct. So what did what did your sentence invo- include? Now, on a first-time offense, I, I'm assuming your license was suspended for one year. Is that correct? That's right. And, and if you wanted you to get back on the road ahead of that, then you had to use this so-called interlock device. Actually, regardless, you have to have it even, um, yeah, if you have to have this. Um, installed for one year. Okay, now now yeah. that you have it in your vehicle, is that why you're you're able to be back on the road before the one-year term? Because you said you were arrested in March of last year. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so it gets you back on the road earlier than you would be otherwise, and I'm assuming you ins- this was installed in your vehicle at your own expense. Absolutely. What did it cost you to put this thing in? Uh, it was, um, at the end of the day, I paid them $1,600. Okay. So you've been using this thing for a week, and by the end of last week, you call us here at 630, Chad, and, and, and you say, listen, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for Chad Nation to feel sorry for me here. No. I'll tell you on the air that I got the DUI, but you're trying to make things right, and this it's driving you absolutely bananas. That's right, because they're not answering their phone. You called their, their the toll-free number, Um you have the option that they'll call you back. Well, they call you back in an hour and 40 minutes when you're on the side of the road. I try call, it just, you, you just stay on hold for hours. Now, Heather, I have to ask some obvious questions. You may roll your eyes at these, but like you hadn't had like a glass of wine at lunch or anything like that. I mean, you're stone sober trying to get this thing going? Yeah, like I haven't drank since that time. I, I'm, I don't drink. Hmm. Yeah, this has been, um, 
quite an ordeal, and I, yeah, I don't drink at all. So absolutely, it has nothing to do with, with alcohol. I heard from one of our producers that you had had a conversation with that you've actually been to a point where you've had to call tow trucks, you've had to have your kids take cabs home from school. Mm-hmm. And we were in Jasper on the weekend, and I was on the side of the road because the device, again, it says blow, blow harder, then uh, move your mouth closer. Well, my mouth, the, the same thing I've been doing has is the same thing that I did from the beginning. And I basically got locked out again um, on the weekend, and I was on the road for an hour waiting for their emergency line to call back, which you have to leave a message for their emergency phone number. And um, basically, yeah, on the road, inside the road, stranded with this device because it it's so sensitive. It it's erring. It's it's just a gong show, and there's nobody to help. The Alberta government won't help. Have you re- you reached out to the government? That was my next question. I did. I spoke to a manager. I spoke to a supervisor, and again, they just refer you back to them. Because as far as I understand it, this this deal that the government struck with Smart Start means that this is the only company that you can go through, correct? That's correct. And so your assertion here is just that Albertans that are looking to get back on their feet, metaphorically speaking, back on the road, literally, don't have a very good option in front of them. They don't. And then something else that's come up a couple of times is trying to service my vehicle. So I leave my vehicle at um, a windshield repair shop. Um, I offer to call... Um, smart start because I told the gentleman at the at the windshield repair shop that their wait time is very long. So in order to get to leave your vehicle, you need a special code for a repair shop to put it in, so they don't have to keep blowing, right? So you don't get a violation. Every time you get a violation, you have to go back to smart start offices and pay them at least fifty dollars to get this violation code removed. So I tried for a half an hour trying to to call them at eight o'clock in the morning last week. I never got through. The windshield repair shop ended up leaving the vehicle in their bay um, for a couple extra hours because they didn't want to move it in, in, um, to get a violation because they didn't want to blow in this thing. And yeah, because nobody, they tried calling Smart Start and nobody answered the phone for at least a half an hour, the guy said. Hmm. Heather, you're probably not going to be surprised to hear that a lot of people on the text line right now are saying, I've got no sympathy for her, I've got no sympathy for her. I mean, the the, the message again and again. What's your message to these people? Uh, Well, my message is, I mean, I understand what's what's happened, what's um, I'm prepared for taking on this device, but the Alberta government needs to address these issues with their service. You have people stranded on the side of the road getting paying violation codes that they, you know, it's a lot of money to keep going when you're completely helpless and at the mercy of these people when they don't answer the phone. They And when you get them on the phone there, it's like pulling teeth to get information from them. Yeah. Heather? So it's just a very frustrating. And you know what? When I first sent in my application, they told me there were thousands of applications and it's going to be a few weeks to have a process. So I thought it was a well-run machine. So they don't mind taking your money and getting it installed, but then they just leave you, you know, with with no service at all. Mm. Heather, have you talked, obviously you've talked to your insurance company about this. I, I know that the rise in insurance costs is one of the ways that you get stung after a DUI conviction. Are you able to estimate all in with the cost of, of, of your court, with the cost of the interlock device, 
with the cost of your insurance rising all in, can you estimate what this DUI will have cost you? Uh, about $12,000. 12000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Somebody here, and I'm not sure this question is even relevant, is, is, is wondering if you'll share with us what your blood alcohol content was when you were pulled over and tested. Yeah, that's not the point of the call. My point is that the service issue with Smart Start. They've taken on the contract. They've had it since January. Um, they've had ample time to... Oh staff their call center yeah um, I wonder if it is don't... kind of the, I wonder if it is part of the point though because people are saying on the tax line right there's a difference between someone that has two beers at an Oilers game and gets unlucky at a roadside check and somebody that's smashed driving on the Anthony Henday you know and I think that people want to sort of be able to relate to your story and understand this how they feel about it wine. what's this that two glasses of wine yeah all right, Heather, will you keep us posted as, as this story unfolds from your perspective, most specifically if you get resolution uh, or an answer that you're happy with from the Alberta government? Yeah, that's what I want. I just want to be able to pick up the phone and get service rather than being stranded and having to get my vehicle towed because nobody will answer the phone at Smart Star Canada. All right, Heather, thanks for talking to us. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. It is 1020, which means I get to tell you about something very cool. This is the show that's been a quarter century in the making. Together in Las Vegas for the first time in more than 20 years. The superfans call him GNR, Guns N' Roses, reuniting in Sin City, and you could be there. That's right, one lucky winner and their guest is going to win a trip for two to Las Vegas to see Guns N' Roses perform their very first show Reunited. Now, if you haven't registered already, get to 630ched.com right now. And starting today, be sure you're tuned in to Ched daily at 7.20 and 10.20 a.m., 4.20 p.m., and listen for your name. If you hear your name, you've got exactly 6 minutes and 30 seconds, and you'll be qualified to see the reunion concert of a lifetime. Bruce McGregor, you've got... Six minutes and 30 seconds to call 780-496-0063. Bruce McGregor out of Edmonton. You could be on your way to see Axel Slash and the boys in Sin City. You have until March 24th to enter. March 29th is the day that will draw that name. But why would you wait till then? Give yourself the best chance to get there. 630ched.com to enter now. We'll get to your take, your responses to what you heard from Heather right after this. Our thanks to Heather for talking to us about her experience. Arrested for DUI last March, pleaded not guilty, found guilty, is put in one of these so-called interlock devices manufactured by Smart Start, which has an exclusive contract with the Alberta government, by the way, the first provincial jurisdiction in Canada to agree to such a partnership. Heather says, listen, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to get back on the road. Did not call in looking for sympathy, but wanted to bring to our attention the fact that she's not being very well served by this technology. Mama West on the text line to 630-630 says, I do feel for your guest. She's trying to do the right thing, but all these extra difficulties are above and beyond what her sentence requires. Also, the government has negotiated an exclusive deal with this company. They darn well should be supplying the services that were paid for. That from Mama West. This is DC in the park who says, I just want to pick up the phone right now and call my friend Wayne. But uh, Wayne was killed by a drunk driver, so I can't. I don't feel sorry that she's having call center service troubles after she made a very stupid decision to drive after drinking. DC, I'm sorry for your loss. There are many, many, like literally 
I don't know what, Gene, about 100 text messages, people just one sentence. Don't feel sorry for her. Don't feel sorry. Don't feel sorry for her. Don't feel sorry. Fair enough. And I'm not going to go on the air and, and, and try to introduce somebody to you that, that, that pleaded guilty or that was found guilty of driving under the influence of alcohol and say, hey, everybody, like, you know, Gina, cue the violins and let's all hear their sob. No, of course not. Obviously not. And Heather knew the terms of this interview and she knew that I was going to ask about her DUI. And, and I, I don't get the sense that she's very proud of it or we'd probably be using her real name. I've got two buddies who got DUIs, both of them pleaded guilty in the last couple of years. You know, I want I was I just stopped myself from saying it's an absolute nightmare for these people because I know someone's going to call in and say, "You know what's a nightmare? Having your loved one killed by a drunk driver." And you're right. You're 100% correct. But if you'll allow me just for a second to talk about the process of dealing with a DUI, obviously you know you don't have public sympathy on your side. You know that. But let's also keep in mind that not everybody that gets a DUI is slobbering, unable to find their ignition, can't see straight. I mean, for some of these unfortunate people, and again, like I said, with the huge caveat, and there's an asterisk, asterisk all over this conversation, it was like that half a beer too much, right? Like you were on the patio for three hours, you had four pints, you thought you were fine, but it turns out you blew a .081 or a .079 or whatever the case may be. She said two glasses of wine. Maybe Heather's a slight person. I don't know. I've never met her. I've never seen her. Two glasses of wine could have very well put her over. So... She's trying to make it right. She's trying to get back on the road. The government says, here are your options based on the terms of, you know, the criminal code and the structure in Alberta. And here's what you can do. You can pay 1600 bucks to have this interlock put in your car. But if it doesn't work, if your kids are stuck at school and you're trying to pick them up or if you're missing business meetings or whatever, listen, if the deal was... You're entitled to the option of putting this thing in and you're back on the road, then you should be able to be back on the road, correct? That's all I'm saying. Not saying that drunk drivers should have all the rights that everybody else has. I'm not saying that we celebrate drunk driving. I mean, some of you are crucifying me right now for even talking about this, but this is an issue. Unless you teetotal, I mean, geez, we could fill our call banks right now with people who thought they were fine but weren't. It's just a reality. Let's find out what Mike has to say. Hi, Mike. Hello. What's your take on this? Well, first of all, Orion, this is Dingo. Dingo! How are you? <laughs> That's the worst. How well, a regular listener. I think, is this the first time you've called in? Uh, I think it is, actually. Well, it's nice to hear your voice. What do you make of the uh, conversation we're having? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of these people are being a little bit foolish and a little bit petty, just like mad is. Like, we can't just do things on emotion. Now, the fact is, she made a mistake. She owned up to this, the mistake. She's following the proper course, and the technology and the government are not doing their part. Now, like, it's just ridiculous. I know there's a lot of emotion in that. Of course. But, but people cannot, and same with MAD now, saying that we should just give up our rights and be stopped anytime. No, emotion has to be taken out of the equation. Now, the fact is, the lady is doing the right thing. She's paying her price. She's not asking for sympathy. But the government needs to step up and do their part. Thanks for the call, Mike. You bet. Hey, say hello to Moses for me. Hey, I sure will. Thanks for the call. Dennis, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think the whole thing is just a, a big money grab. I mean, uh, does it really 
does it really stop people from drinking and driving? If they really want to drink and drive, they could always borrow somebody's vehicle. But also, like the last guy said, you know what? You're paying for a service, and you're paying huge dollars for this service. I mean, they also charge you monthly for these things. Yep. And and you should get that service. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't disagree with you, Dennis. Thanks for the call. I'm going to cut you loose quick because I want to fit John in before the headlines. John, your take on this? Well, you know, I haven't worked in 11 and a half years because of a drinking driver, and the guy only blew point oh five. I'm part of the living dead. Hmm. I can't do anything anymore. Thanks to a drinking driver. Rear-ended me and basically destroyed my life. I don't have a life anymore. And if this person thinks that she's allowed to have some luxury, she should try walking in my shoes for a while. If she drank and drive and told she couldn't, couldn't drive, well, then learn to take a bus, learn to take a taxi. That's the consequences. You know, the government offers this stuff, and now she's complaining. Well, too bad. You know, so sad. I wish the government would uh, cater to me like they're catering to this woman. And I'm stuck in a bit, in one bedroom apartment now instead of making my 200 grand a year and trying to live on food vouchers thanks to a drinking driver. That's all I got to say. John, that's an important voice to hear, and I appreciate you calling in to share that with us. Here's the news. We knew that when we talked to Heather about her DUI and, and subsequent steps to get back on the road that we would get differing opinions. And uh, that was a pretty powerful phone call there from John just before the headlines, letting us know about his experience. Uh, rear-ended by a drunk driver, sounded like about 10 years ago. John says it, it took his whole life away from him. It, it, it completely altered his reality. And Topher on the text line says callers like, John? He says, John is the reason Heather will get no sympathy. Meantime, Lynn says, you know, I feel sorry for this lady, not for getting caught and arrested, but just because of the government crap. Bill says, I've worked in the insurance business for several years. And he says, trying to get information from Interlock. Interlock is, you know, speaking of Smart Start Canada, this is this portable alcohol monitoring device. It's attached to your car's ignition, if you're just joining us. Bill says trying to get info from Interlock is like pulling teeth. They're in it for the money only. This lady is 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 being put through the ringer by Interlock, and she should go to Consumer Affairs. By the sounds of it, her device is not working right. Steve says, I worked with a guy who had the same problem. These devices are junk. Meantime, Dwayne says, I've seen with my own eyes a good friend of mine who drove with a smart start device while she was drinking her second beer. Kelsey Wingarek, you're shaking your head when you hear that. You're probably not alone there. Yeah, so I'm I'm a bit torn. Uh, I was actually hit by a drunk driver. Um, And, I mean, he blew like I don't know way over 0.08 um, and I just think that situation like I I wish he never could drive again I wish he spent his life in jail you know like I have those feelings towards him because he was hammered I think everyone listening right now can think of that time where you were at the restaurant you maybe polished off that second glass of wine or that second beer and you, you had that moment where you said would it be more responsible for me to call a cab or can I make it because I'm not that bad. And more often than not, you're going to say, I can probably make it. It's not that far away. And then there's that check stop, and you end up with a DUI. And those people I sympathize with. And if that's the case for Heather, who's a mother of two, went out with with a friend, which she never gets to do because she's a mom, and end up with a check stop, now has this awful 
process every single day of trying to blow into a device that's not working, I do sympathize for her. One of our callers was bang on, though, saying there, there's emotion in this debate. It's hard to have this discussion because once you start saying, I feel sorry for Heather or I sympathize with Heather, people are going to go, oh, really? You want to hear the other side? You know, you want to hear what the reality is like? Again, on the, and I'm, it's tough I'm, to have I'm these the conversations. Victim. I'm the victim of sure. a driving incident. So. Sure. I, I think I'm trying to offer an unbiased, like, I wouldn't have patience if she said she was swerving, she hit three children on the sidewalk and is now just having to deal with the, the trouble of this device. Yeah. On the uh, text line here, a listener says, uh, out of Boyle, Alberta, this morning, I'm a retired police officer. I served 30 years. Heather tells you she had two glasses of wine. He says, I must tell you, based on my experience, 99% of the people that I arrested for impaired driving had two drinks. And he says 100% of the people that are really hammered had, guess what, two drinks. He says Heather needs to quit whining. And she needs to realize that she was a huge part of the problem and not a part of the solution. She can stop crying about how hard this is on her life and just take the interlock device back to the supply company and get a bus schedule. <laughs> yeah. It's harsh on one hand, but I'll tell you what. I don't know this police officer. Doesn't share his or her name. But I bet you that police officer's probably seen some pretty nasty things in their career. Police officers don't tend to have a lot of sympathy for those that are driving impaired. I've always argued that I think, you know, they shouldn't uh, just kind of gloss over it with these commercials of showing what it looks like to drive through a couple wine glasses. I've always thought they should show an actual wreck of, of a drunk driving motor vehicle accident. Gina, I'm ready to take that call right now if you can clear the line for me. I'm ready to take this call right now. I can see that we have retired Corporal Wayne Oaks on the line. How you doing, Wayne? Good. Good. What's your take on this conversation? Well, first of all, Ryan, I can um, reflect and support the anonymous retired police officer 100% and uh, not sure why he or she would not have chosen to phone in, but uh, I certainly have no difficulties. Uh, impaired driving was one of the, uh, the number one targets when I was in operational law enforcement. Number one target that I had every time I went out in a patrol car. Um, for the lady that phoned in, my first question to her would be, have you never heard the cautions, the warnings, the pleas not to drink and drive. She clearly did that. Um, while the service might be somewhat questionable that she's getting through the interlock device, I have no trouble, no difficulties with that level of service. In fact, her uh, calling in is a good advertisement to let other would-be impaired drivers know what they could be looking forward to. You're probably not wrong. Hey, Wayne, based on your experience with the RCMP, uh, your career, you're about the 30-year mark, weren't you? 33. Yeah, 33 years. What would you say, as, as, a, as a retired professional uh, member of law enforcement, what would work when it comes to decreasing drunk driving rates in Canada? The only thing that will work is a complete change in driver attitude. That is the only thing, Ryan, that's going to work. But nobody's getting the message. Nobody is getting them. And, you know, back in the day, they thought that it was going to be a huge deterrent when they brought in uh, the minimum sentences, 14 days for a second conviction, 30 days for a third conviction. Uh, the courts, and the courts made it very clear, if we're going to be told what the minimum is that we have to give, then we are only going to give the minimums. Now, I don't know if there's been any change in that in recent years, but for at least the first 10 to 15 years, 
if the uh, Crown made an application to seek greater punishment because of a prior conviction, the courts rarely ever, if ever, gave anything more than the required minimum. Hmm. So the, the, the deterrences in that regard, they may work for some, but it's evident by the numbers out there today that they, the deterrents are not working for the vast majority of drivers who do choose to drink and do choose to drive. Thanks for the call, Wayne. Have a great day. Always good to hear from you. That's a retired RCMP Corporal Wayne Oaks. Carlos out of White Court this morning says, My take, you do the crime, you pay for it. I agreed with the cop's comment. Stop whining, find a solution. I've got no sympathy after you broke the law. Ron pointing out, Heather did not own up to her mistakes or accept responsibility. She pleaded not guilty, and she was found guilty. Yeah, I, I think... Uh... It, it's such a slippery slope when you are a mother, right? And and if if she was telling the truth about how many drinks she had, she probably had convinced herself at that point she wasn't guilty. Well, and the, the thing about Heather, though, is she's, and we can't deny this either. I mean, just here, here's sort of the, the facts or the facts approach to this. She's gone through the court. She was sentenced. And now she's taking advantage of opportunities that are presented to her under legislation, under the terms of her sentencing agreement. Uh, So she's entitled to be allowed to take on the expense of installing this device and using it so she can resume some sense of a a normal life. Now, of course, based on John's call a while ago, people are going to say, don't talk to me about what a normal life looks like. But the fact of the matter is, Heather has this option in front of her. She's taking the option just like you might do. And you'll sit here and say, oh, you know what? I wouldn't drink and drive. I never would. How dare you say just like I would do? Because I never would. But another listener says, you know what? 80% of us probably have had a couple of beers and driven home. So the rest of you need to get off your high horse. Let me know what you think. We'll be back in two minutes. We talked to Heather Convicted of a DUI back in March, she's trying to drive now, and according to the terms of, of her sentence, she's able to use this Smart Start device, otherwise known as an interlock. It's an exclusive agreement the Alberta government has with this company based out of Grapevine, Texas. Heather says it's lousy service. It's not working. She says, I don't want your sympathy, but I just want the government to take this seriously and help me out so I'm not taking cabs and having my car towed all the time and leaving my kids stranded. On the text line here, Listener here says, uh, this is Matt, I feel this topic has gone off course. Heather's not said she's a victim here due to her actions. He says there's no question about the fact she had a couple of drinks and drove, but the topic was about the crap service she's dealing with. He says, I feel people need to quit attacking her on this. I don't appreciate people drinking and driving. I had a friend in a serious accident due to drinking and driving, says Matt. But she's also paid a lot of money for this product and she's needing help to make it work. So let's steer the focus back onto that. Austin sent me an email via 630chad.com, says, I I got a DUI. He says, unlike Heather, I was very fortunate to be acquitted despite having a blood alcohol level significantly higher than just two glasses of wine. Says, I never looked for sympathy. I certainly don't condone my actions, even though most people will roll their eyes at that. He says, but I do feel quite empathetic for Heather's situation, especially when she has kids to care for. Says, thanks, partner. Don't hate on me. That from Austin. Rob calling in to 780-496-0063. Rob, your take on this? Well, first off, it's, the whole thing's too ambiguous, right? 
there should be like a zero for continue driving. Say that again, Rob. Sorry, your phone cut out. Sorry, there's, there's just 0.08 or 0.06. There should be zero tolerance that people have to guess, can I or can't I drive, right? Right, so you're just saying 0.0 should be the benchmark. Yeah, but on the same token, if you get convicted of something, anything for that matter, you should be given a second chance. Otherwise, all criminals should either be executed or locked up for life because at the time in the pen, and guys get out, they can't get a job, you know, so what they do, they go back to their crime thing, right? You know I mean? But what does a second chance look like on a DUI sentence? Well, I don't know. I mean, this was thing. I mean, eventually you do your time, whatever, give them a second chance. Maybe mm. if you had a second conviction, okay, then for a lifetime ban. I don't know, but... Right. The point being is when guys get out of jail, they should, they should have a chance to read life. Otherwise, just, just execute them or lock them up for life because it's just going to be a repeating circle, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good consideration to make, Rob. Thanks very much. I mean, Rob opens up the door, the conversation, Kelsey, on what's a fitting, what's an appropriate sentence for, for a first-time offense, for a second. for the, What makes me sick is hearing in Canada, you know, Buddy blew through a crosswalk and, and hit a family of three, and it was his eighth conviction. Yeah, and I don't know where we go with the eighth, but I mean, the caller just said, you know, we should give them a second chance. Well, Alberta, you have three chances that's listed in here, how on their website. Um, for the use of the ignition interlock system, which is what Heather called in about, um, mandatory ignition interlock after a criminal conviction for your first offense just for one year, uh, three years for your second offense, and five years for your third offense. So it's not like, I just think after the, after the second time of, of get, getting a guilty uh, plea there, I, I just think you, your car's gone. Mm. Right? Like, learn, learn your lesson after one year of this. Marfus says, I had uh, two impaired driving charges. I pleaded guilty both times. You know why? Because I was. Says, I paid the fines and I dealt with my suspensions. I walked. Says, this was 25 years ago now. He says, I was lucky I didn't cause an accident because of my stupidity. Says, this lady has to quit whining and deal with the consequences. Marfus, thanks for sharing. Here's the deal, though. She is dealing with the consequences. <laughs> she's She's using... The programs that have put in place by the Alberta government, she's paying the cost and she has expectations now that she's paid the cost. So like I said, I understand this is a delicate situation because if I say, I side with Heather, you'll say, you're siding with the drunk driver. Another listener, though, made the very good point. They said, take the DUI out of this. This is someone paying for a government service that's not getting service from the government. That's what this breaks down to. Mike, what's your take on this? Yeah, there was one of the few good points there that some people are making, but uh, I just like to start off by saying I'm a I'm a person that owns a few businesses that's liquor driven, uh, more of the lounging style, restaurant style. But you know, I think we have to understand there's a humane side to this, and that uh, you know, if you're gonna drink, don't drive. It's as simple as that. And when somebody says a second chance, I mean, do we give a second chance to somebody that committed murder? I mean, this is pretty much what it is. I mean, that person needs to take that choice. They went behind the wheel. They drove after knowing they had a drink. And I'll give you an example. My wife doesn't drink. We went uh, and had a drink. She drank half a glass, and she just started feeling blurry, but she didn't have anything to eat. But she's like, I, you know, she's like, I couldn't focus. I mean, people don't realize the alcohol affects everybody differently, right? Yeah. And, and uh, the thing is, if you're going to drink, everybody, should, I personally believe that in all these advertisements, we do what waitresses or bartenders call pro-serve. So if you're going to serve alcohol, you have to go through this Alberta government course. And I think personally, it's just a personal opinion, if anybody of the age of 18 is going to drink, they should take this course and, and see this because it kind of gives you an idea. Yeah. Hey, Mike, did you did I hear you correctly? Did you say that you're a bar or a restaurant owner? Yeah. Well, just... I, I'm, 
we have a few uh, restaurants here. At, okay, uh, now, what do you think it would do to your business if there was a zero-tolerance policy on blood alcohol content behind the wheel? In other words, if I was going to come to your restaurant for a beer or a glass of wine after work on Friday with my colleagues, but I knew I'd have to leave my vehicle there, even if I had just one, you think I'd go to your restaurant anymore? Well, uh, you know, let me just say this way. Okay, I mean, first of all, of course, we all want to make money stuff. But you know what? There's There's been an incident when somebody did leave my establishment. I don't know how much they drank before. I don't know the whole, like, the whole scenario. But they end up getting a car accident and fortunately killed somebody. Oh. Okay, well, this, well, when you hear about this, I, I, but you know what? All money aside, doesn't matter what you made that night. It doesn't sit well. I mean, do I, maybe you can say, okay, I, he was the over. I don't know the whole situation. I wasn't there that night. But did he... Did we cut him off? Did he come in? Did he, I don't know. Maybe he was drunk before. I'm pretty sure he was. But when you hear about that stuff, like, you know what? There's a humane side to this. Simple as that. If you're going to drink, just just call a cab. It's much cheaper. Mm. You know? Hey, Mike, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the show on the text line to 630-630. Yeah, I see a listener says here, Jesperson, WTF, advocating for a damn criminal. <laughs> it's like we can't have the conversation. But you know what? I mean, people are talking about second chances. You know, look at our Friday roundtable. That thing was a powder keg, Kelsey. Listener here says the same people saying give Vince Lee a second chance are cracking down on a one offense DUI offender. We'll be back to wrap, including a call from Jackie right after this. Heather prompted a conversation on, well, do we call it moving forward from a DUI She says her interlock device just isn't working. She wants the government to step in, considering it partnered exclusively with the manufacturer of that device, Smart Start Canada. Jackie's been holding the line to chime in. Hi, Jackie. Hi there. What's on your mind? Um, I just want to say that until we get comfortable with standing up to people who are about to drink and drive, it will not change. Mm. Because we we need to, you know, we always feel uncomfortable going into other people's business. But if somebody is drinking and driving, are we really interfering in their business? It's everybody's or business, standing right? up and saying, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And a lot of times, and, and especially with younger people, I mean, I'm over 50, so everybody's younger. But you you hear them and they're saying, yeah, and it's a big joke that they went home after 12 beer. And we need to be better at saying, you know what, that's not a joke, and letting them realize that it actually disgusts me when somebody does that. And I have to feel more comfortable in saying, you know, I am not impressed. Hmm. I think what you did was a terrible thing. And it's, it's, it's a fine line for walking into somebody else's business and, and feeling comfortable with it or standing up for something. Thanks for making the point, Jackie. I appreciate that. I mean, Kelsey, you know, I mean, I bartended, you know, many moons ago, but the deal with us behind our bar, I mean, number one, any bartender worth his or her salt won't over-serve somebody, but there, there's a, that's a massive gray area. And one of our callers here talked about pro-serve and the training that most bartenders go through. But I'll tell you, the deal was, if you got drunk at our bar, I mean, if you'd been sitting there drinking double jack diets all night long, when it came time to leave, we'd offer to buy you a cab. We'd offer to, you know, order you a cab, call you a cab. Really? And if you said no, I'd follow up again, and I'd say, I think you should take a cab. I'd like to call you a cab. And if you insisted no again, and I'll never apologize for this, we'd watch you leave, we'd take your plate number, and we'd call 911. 
And it didn't matter if you left me a big tip or not. If you chose to drive drunk after we, our bartending team, stepped in to intervene twice, it's on me if you hit and kill somebody. I will be involved in the lawsuit, so hell no, I'm not going to let that happen. We called the cops on people several times. Would you not say you went above and beyond? I think that's the expectation. I have my pro serve, but I, I, I have never actually served. I had it, you know, like, I just don't know that people would do that. And as just someone who goes to bars, I've never had anyone question anyone at a table with me. You know, can I help you out here? Can I order you guys a cab? I've never had that once. We knew this would get a conversation going. I think we may have underestimated the magnitude of the conversation. Perhaps we'll revisit this in days to come. We're going to make way for exclusive, extensive trade deadline day coverage. Reed Wilkins will take over right after these news headlines.